Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We will go ahead and get this Twitter space started. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Jordan D. Hill. I am one of the staff writers at Dogs247. Uh, We've had a good run of having these Twitter spaces. It's probably been about once a month. Um, it's been a situation where we've gotten a chance to talk about some of the big moments, some of the big games coming up for Georgia, and also plug the promos that we have going on right now. We have a very good promo right now if you are very interested in football, if you do not already subscribe to Dogs247. have a 50% VIP, uh, an annual subscription that can also uh, be taken advantage of for any of the monthly subscribers out there. If you are interested in that, which... Uh, gives you access to all kinds of VIP content, uh, Rusty's ramblings, dog treats. Uh, I usually do uh, a story about once every two weeks called Hill's Spill, uh, where I talk about uh, a bunch of just different things going on and also throw in uh, some movie references, some movie recommendations, some music recommendations. Um, you can uh, take advantage of that if you look uh, at the uh Dogs247 Twitter. Uh, the pinned tweet is access to that VIP deal. I've also, uh, in the comments, replied to this Twitter space with that link um, that takes website, can get you signed up for the VIP deal uh, and can uh, get you access to all this content. Now, that deal runs all the way to Monday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So, still got some time, um, but I uh, want to make sure and come on and uh, take advantage of what's going to be a very exciting matchup, having uh, number one Tennessee as the uh, college football poll, college football playoff poll came out last night, uh, playing number three Georgia, uh, has the makings of one of the better games, especially in Sanford Stadium that we've seen in quite some time. The conversation throughout this week has been, you know, a lot of talk from the players comparing what they expect the atmosphere to be like 2019 Notre Dame. And uh, if that turns out being to be the case, um, obviously that will make for a very fun afternoon and evening in Sanford Stadium. So uh, my thought with this Twitter space 
is uh, I'll talk a little bit about this matchup, some of the things that interest me, some of the things I think will uh, determine how this game plays out. And uh, and then in a few minutes, uh, after I kind of wrap that up, just get into questions. Um, just see what you guys are thinking about this game, about Georgia, about Tennessee. Uh, do my best to answer some of these questions. And, and know, too, uh, for the folks listening out there, um, if you enjoy this and get a chance to talk and, and answer questions, I uh, could not recommend joining Dogs247 more. Um, we get a chance to answer tags, get a chance to uh, talk on the boards and, and try to keep everybody informed on what's going on. So starting off, looking at this game, you know, I checked Bavada this afternoon. Georgia is still an eight-point favorite. Um, I think that that still, you know, looking at it, is a pretty interesting line. I think the biggest thing with that, uh, the two keys that lead me to believe why the line is sitting where it is, uh, one is home field advantage would be, very curious, obviously, if this game was played in Knoxville and Neyland Stadium, uh, what the line would look like. Um, I would imagine Georgia may be a three- or a four-point favorite. Um, but I think that uh, people understand what the atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday. Um, going to be a big opportunity. I think, uh, you know, Kirby Smart on Sunday being uh, very strategic in uh, tweeting on there and, and telling uh, – Telling uh, the fans that if they can talk when the game's over, they didn't yell loud enough. Um, that's gonna it's gonna be a big key. And the other part that really interests me is Tennessee's defense. To me, that's gonna determine how this game plays. Tennessee has done a very good job against the run, and I think Georgia understands that coming into this game. Uh, but Tennessee's got a very suspect secondary and a, a suspect pass defense. They've been thrown on quite a bit. Uh, anyone who watched that Alabama game. Uh, could see that with how Bryce Young played. And the fact Alabama had so many self-inflicted penalties, self-inflicted mistakes, and came very, very close to still winning that game. You know, if Will Reichert hits that field goal, it could be a very different situation when that game comes to a close. Um, so, to me, looking at this game, you know, I've done a lot of radio hits this week. I've um, had a chance to uh, talk, and, you know, we had the Go Vols 247 guy, uh, you know, to had Patrick Brown, and, and we got on and, and talked a little bit about the matchup. The things that I'm most interested in from the Georgia perspective are Georgia's tight ends. How much do we see Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington get the ball? Uh, is that going to be a point of emphasis? You know, I think this is going to be a situation, um, even though, you know, Tennessee is about a touchdown underdog, and it is a situation where, you know, I, I still think Georgia wins this game, but I do think this is going to be something of a shootout. I think that Georgia's going to have to rely on their tight ends. You know, we still don't know if A.D. Mitchell's going to be back, um, if he'll be able to play in this game. They need these tight ends. They're going to count on these guys to make plays. I think, you know, the key word that has been used over and over, talking about has been mismatch. I think this is a game where we truly see them make the difference. Um, I see this game being a four-quarter game, and I think the tight ends are going to have a, a lot of say in how this game plays out. And, uh, Besides that, the other position I'm really looking at is on the other side of the ball at cornerback. Um, you know, I think Keely Ringo has had his moments this year, but I think there have been situations where there's been missed opportunities. You know, he gave up, I think it was something like a 35 or a 40-yard reception on Saturday against Florida. Um, dropped a couple of would-be picks, including one that probably would have been a pick six against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he is uh, – 
you know, Kirby Smart was asked about him earlier in the week, and he said he's played well. You know, sometimes it's a situation, especially at corner, you know, you, you kind of, if you're watching the game, you're going to notice when there's a mistake, and you don't really think about all those other plays where nothing goes wrong. But this is going to be a chance for Keely Ringo to really prove himself. You know, he's been uh, well lauded and, and rightfully so, given the national championship, the, the play he made still in the championship. But this is going to be a big test. You know, Tennessee's passing game has been very, very impressive. And I think getting Cedric Tillman back last week, I think it's huge. And I think that that's going to be a matchup to watch, how the corners play, uh, how Malachi Starks, you know, he, he had a, a freshman mistake last week against Florida, leads to a big touchdown. They're going to be tested in a big way. And uh, I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out. So uh, off of that, um, I would tell you, if you have a question, uh, go ahead and make a request. We got one already. Um, and we'll just kind of follow our way through. Uh, the, the goal is to go to about 830, uh, just answering questions and, you know, just uh, kind of checking in on what we think about this game, uh, what we're expecting, and, uh, you know, sort of the anticipation because this is a fun one, you know, for me. Covering this team, I went to Georgia, uh, graduated in 2016, came back uh, in March, got to go through uh, and cover spring practice. And now uh, getting the opportunity to see a game like this is a very exciting time. And I think it's the same for the fans. I think fans are really looking forward uh, to what this is going to look like on Saturday and uh, have a chance to see what has the makings of a very very interesting matchup. So we'll get started answering questions. Uh, I will pull up one real quick. Let's see, we've got Kent Alex. Let's see, at Alex W. Kent. We will pull them up real quick and see what they got. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. My question is, Tennessee played at Pittsburgh, essentially a neutral site game, right? Pittsburgh's not a hostile environment. And then you get an 11 a.m. down in Baton Rouge. Like, are they really that good? Are they really prepared for this and that offense to to play in a hostile environment? Like, Eric Ainge, like, that was 15 years ago, man. Like, this place is going to be rocking. Ask Arkansas, ask Kentucky, which, in my mind, they're the equivalent to what Tennessee is this year. You know, sure, Tennessee, Alabama, with Bryce Young coming off a, an injury, and you know who knows if he was actually a hundred percent. Sure, he might have played like it, but it's not the same Bryce Young as last year. Like, can they really? Can they really come in here, run that offense against us and that hostile environment? We are the defending champs, so I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think it's a fair question. I think. Uh... You know, it, it's been kind of funny covering this Georgia team, and, and there's been times even well into the season where we've said, you know, we're still kind of wait and see. And I think this is a fair sort of situation of saying wait and see with how Tennessee handles it. This is not going to be like anything Tennessee has faced. And, you know, I think Tennessee deserves a lot of credit for winning that Alabama game. We know um, the caliber of that Crimson Tide team. Obviously, I talked about the self-inflicted mistakes they had earlier. And you can't discount that. But, you know, I think it would have been a very different situation had they been playing in Tuscaloosa. And, I mean, obviously that's just hypothetical. Um, but that's a test. And, you know, I think that this is a proven ground uh, for Hendon Hooker and really this entire Tennessee offense. But you just talk about that 2019 Notre Dame game. You know, that's been asked to several Georgia players. And they talked about, you know, being on the sidelines, not even in the game, 
and, you know, not being able to talk to the person beside here. And I do think that's going to be the case. You know, I think that again, you know, there's been a lot of critiques as far as sort of the home games Georgia's gotten. You know, there's not been a, a night game at home this year. Um, I know that it's a little bit different this being a 3.30 kick. It's going to be loud. And uh, I think it's a fair point to point out that, you know, that LSU game too, Tennessee had an opportunity where they kind of got ahead and made LSU play from behind. And, and it wasn't a situation, I, I don't think, where the fans really got into it. Again, that's that was an early kick. 11 a.m. local, um, obviously, uh, you know, playing in Death Valley, it's not quite the same if, if it's, uh, you know, when the sun's out, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair point. I think it's a situation where Tennessee's going to have to prove itself. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we're going to see if Hendon Hooker, what everybody expects from him and if he can live up to the moment because, um, if they struggle, if he has issues and, and the crowd really does affect this game, then it's going to be a great opportunity for Georgia to take advantage. So we're going to go now to my guy, Evan Greenberg. Call him up. All right, Evan, what's up? Hey, Jordan, how's it going? Um, oh, it's I was good. just thinking also, you were talking about the start time, and I, I had a question for you, but uh, it's a 3.30 start, but about as close to a night game as you'll get for a 3.30 start since we are uh, falling backward on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. And, you know, especially as much as everybody, especially when you're at the games, uh, you know, nobody's that excited when you're attending a game and CBS is calling it because there's going to be a million TV timeouts. It's, it's like the Florida game last week. I swear, I didn't think – that actual gameplay took that long and oh my gosh, just, you know, having to wait through those TV timeouts and, and the guy down there with the, with the ticker um, that I think that's a good point that by the time this game gets uh, done, it is going to be sort of a night atmosphere, you know, probably that entire fourth quarter will be in that situation. And, and you just think about what that sort of sets up, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the fourth quarter, getting the phones out, getting the crowd hyped up. If this is a close game, I do think that the crowd is going to play a factor into this. And again, as we talked about with the last asked a question, you know, this, this is still a Tennessee team, you know, outside of this game. I mean, I think Tennessee deserves a lot of credit and I think they'll have a very good season regardless of what happens Saturday, but this is still really a proven ground to have to go on the road and try to handle an environment like this. And I'm really fascinated just to see what it looks like. Yeah, two quick things for you. Uh, Stetson's shoulder, uh, how, do you think that's been affecting him? And then with Nolan Smith, I imagine that would be a quarterback spy situation that now they'll kind of have to adjust with with Hooker's ability to run the ball. Yes, yeah, starting with Stetson, he talked to us before the Florida game, uh, talked to us that Monday and said it had been bothering him. Bother he took a hit against Missouri, said he was kind of feeling it going into Auburn. And then said, was feeling better Vanderbilt week, then they have the bye. And then after that, he said he was feeling good leading in that week. And I never saw anything on Saturday against Florida that made me think he was having issues. If you go back and watch that Vanderbilt game again, which was before the bye, you could see him kind of working his arm, kind of trying to you know get loose. Never saw that on Saturday. Didn't really see any throws that I affected you know, as if he was having issues. So I think he's good on that front. And then the key to me... Um, outside of what I talked about earlier with the corners and the secondary, is who steps up 
with Nolan Smith out. I mean, you don't want to lose Nolan Smith at any point, but to to lose him with this game on the docket next, you know, guys are going to have to prove themselves. And, you know, I expect Robert Bill to probably be that guy. Um, and he's he's done it before. You know, when Adam Anderson left the team last season, he steps in and kind of fills that role. And by the end of the year, he leads the team in sacks. So uh, it's going to be very fascinating to me to go about replacing uh, Nolan in the lineup. Um, what exactly they do as far as trying to whoever that is that plays that outside linebacker role, how they kind of try to play Hendon Hooker. Um, I would imagine they're going to try to really count on that outside linebacker to create rut, you know, a pass rush. Um, that is something that I thought they did a much better job in that Florida game, especially, um, you know, even after they lost Nolan, I thought they did a good job and um, they need guys like Michael Williams on the line and, and they need those guys to make Hendon Hooker uncomfortable because if they do that, you know, as much as we have talked a lot about this Tennessee offense, you know, Georgia has got a very potent office on offense on the other side. And if they can take advantage, um, you know, get some stops early, get after Hendon Hooker, it could set Georgia up where it kind of takes the lead and what turns into a track meet. And uh, if you're able to do that, you're going to put yourself in good position. Appreciate it. Jordan, and you know I got to send him get well soon to Jordan Davis over in, in Philly. Absolutely, absolutely. From one Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis Hill, uh, to another, yeah, we're we're hoping for good things from uh, from our one of our Eagles players. All right, what else you guys got? I don't see anything lined up right now, but uh, hit hit me with what you want to know as we get ready for Saturday's game. While we wait on some more questions, I'll, I'll kind of preview some of the stuff that I'm working on for the rest of the week. Um, it's been a, a very interesting week. Obviously, we've got this Tennessee game and then uh, the start of men's basketball coming up. But uh, really excited tomorrow. Going to write a story about Tennessee's run game. And if anyone has listened in on Kirby Smart's press conferences this week, even going back to that Florida game, uh, he really talked about when he was asked about Tennessee's, oh, Tennessee's pass offense, Tennessee's pass offense, and, and Kirby was like, they can run the ball just as well. And, you know, the numbers really back that up. They've been really productive. Hinton Hooker can run pretty well, too. I believe he's got four rushing touchdowns this season. Um, he uh, sees the run game as, as dangerous. You think about how they spread out their wide receivers. You know, it leaves uh, defense vulnerable because you kind of decide – how many people you're going to put in the box? How many people you want out wide? Um, I think that that's going to be a really a real key to this game. How much does Tennessee try to run the ball, and how does Georgia do in stopping them? So uh, we got a couple questions in the chat. I will pull them up real quick and let them ask one second. All right, let's see. We got we are Dog Nation. Uh, what you got? All right, good evening. How are you? Yeah, doing good. good. I just had a quick question. I know there was some, uh, I guess, like a minor scare with uh, Stetson's shoulder injury, like kind of banged up there for a second. Was there any point in time in the past couple of weeks that you think Kirby would have put, put would have put Carson in, um, just in case, or what do you think about pulling him? I just kind of one about one about uh, Stetson's shoulder. Yeah, from everything that we've heard and everything that Kirby and Setson have said, I don't think so. I think if they had concerns probably coming out of that bye week, maybe they would have you know, given Carson an opportunity. Um, but I think they understood that 
it was something Stetson could play through. You know, I thought that you could tell in, you know, particularly probably that Missouri game and early in that Auburn game, I thought it took Stetson a little bit to warm up. But I don't particularly think it was a concern um, to the point that they were going to get Carson back, you know, quote, quote, unquote, you know, ready to go in. Because I, I think he is ready in the fact that if Stetson were to go down in a game, um, he could come in. But based on everything I saw, everything we've heard, I don't think it was quite a situation where, um, you know, Carson Beck was waiting to the end of the game. But, um, you know, I think that based on everything we've heard, too, I think Stetson is feeling better after that bye week and uh, should be full systems go uh, going forward. Good deal. Okay, thank you. Yeah, of course. All right, so you got a couple more. We have got Ray Smith. I'm going to pull him up real quick. All right, Ray, you should be good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, what's, what's up? What's going on? Peace there everybody in the room. I'm a longtime Dogs fan. I was born in Adel, Georgia. I was raised in Valdosta, Georgia, and this has been my, my team for years. I just want to definitely put that energy in there. Let everybody know we're going to overcome everything that we've been through, and we're going to beat Tennessee. But I was going to ask just all the Dog Nation or whoever else wants to speak about how they feel about – I'm sorry, I did come to the conversation late, so it probably has been addressed – about how they feel about us being ranked number three. Because this is how I feel. Long-time Georgia fan. If this was Alabama and they were undefeated, Tennessee would not have jumped Alabama. But, of course, they jump us, and it's very disrespectful considering that we're the defending national champions. And I land there for right now. Yeah, my thing going into last night's rankings, um, you know, they came out on Tuesday night. I was sort of expecting Georgia to be number two. I figured that the poll, um, you know, the committee um, going into that vote, I figured that put a lot of value in Tennessee having beat Alabama. Um, you know, I thought that they would really give them sort of the nod um, in what Tennessee has done so far. But I really was honestly surprised that Ohio State came in before Georgia. I, I thought that for sure it would be Tennessee, Georgia, too, with the understanding that they were going to play on Saturday. And essentially that would decide itself, at least in the short term. But, you know, I, I just don't see really what Ohio State has done so far this year to warrant them being ahead of Georgia. You know, I think Ohio State's best win so far has been Penn State. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people saw how Penn State played at Auburn early in the year and decided that Penn State was going to be, oh, that this Penn State team is really, really good. And I, 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 that was lost on me because coming into the year, I think everybody just seemed to forget that Auburn was picked to finish last in the West. Um, I think it was a situation where they took advantage of what I think is a Auburn team that certainly does not have as much talent as we're typically used to them to see in. And Jordan-Hare is really a, a tough place to play, but even still, if you don't have the talent, you don't have the talent. And I think that's the case for this Auburn team this year. So, yeah, I think it, it's a fair uh, point to make, you know, but I will say this, somebody who was probably overjoyed that Georgia was number three, and that's Kirby Smart. I mean, it's just another piece of motivation going into Saturday for him to be able to say, look, guys, they, they don't think you're as good as that team across the way. And I don't know how much Kirby's going to use something like that, but to kind of have that extra, you know, piece of motiv motivation if you think you need it, you know, the, the, the college football ranking, the college football playoff ranking right 
you know, first week of November, I mean, what is it, what does it amount to? It doesn't mean very much. You know, it, it is good in the fact that Georgia is seen among the top four teams and, you know, has put itself in a good position. But I always go back to 2014, the team that was number one in the very first college football playoff ranking was Mississippi. And if anyone doesn't remember that, Mississippi State did not make the playoff that year. So um, I, I think I was more shocked that Georgia was number three rather than the fact that Tennessee was ahead of them. But again, it's going to be one of those things that gets decided on Saturday. Now, I was going to ask you one more thing. So, with and I'm kind of going back to when Tennessee was playing Alabama. Do you think Tennessee – did Alabama just have an off night because they committed the most penalties that I've, that I, that I've ever seen under the Saban era? So, was it just a, kind of a luck of the draw do you think they won, or do you think they might be for real? I mean, I'm not obviously discounting them. Obviously, I want Georgia to come in there. But I really – I just don't feel like Tennessee is going to be able to beat us at home with the crowd that Georgia's and the, and the atmosphere that, that uh, Georgia's going to bring. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say Alabama did not play its A game, and they still almost managed to pull that off. Again, you mentioned the penalties. It was a very undisciplined performance by Alabama. And two, you know, Alabama got to hang around, and Tennessee had missed opportunities that Alabama hang around. You know, there was a fourth down that they go for, I think that was before halftime, and Hennon Hooker has a receiver open and throws downfield and misses him in the end zone. Um, you know, that opportunity, the fumble that Alabama scoops and scores that gives them the lead. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, you know, again, I think they earned that win, but they took advantage of a very sloppy game that Alabama still almost managed to win. And, uh, Ray, I think it's a fair point um, that Tennessee is not going to have Neyland Stadium backing it on Saturday. It's going to be a situation they are going to come into a very hostile environment. And, you know, I think they have to play a better game than they did against Alabama just for the fact that I don't expect Georgia to be as undisciplined. And, again, that crowd is going to affect Tennessee. To what point and how much, it's too early to say. We'll see on Saturday. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a situation with Alabama. Alabama was sloppy. They still almost won. Um, but Tennessee did take advantage when it had to. Absolutely. End on this. Go dogs. <laughs> Appreciate it. We will get to, we've got, looks like three more questions and I'll wrap this up, but we will get these three questions real quick. And let's see. Got Carlito 25 way. Going to pull him up. All right. Should be all good there. How you doing? I'm a Tennessee Vol fan, and I'm in here listening to, like, the temperature of your team, or I mean, it's your fan base, and a lot of people kind of feel like this is the Tennessee of old, and we're going to kind of be nervous coming into this game, but, and they also talk about being disrespected. I feel like right now we have the best resume, so we should be the number one team in the nation, and secondly, I want to know how is Georgia going to deal with the pressure of this game, because if they lose this game, they could be out of the playoff implications. So how do you think they're going to handle the pressure of this game for them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. And to your point, Carlito, I mean, that was sort of my expectation coming into the ranking. I, in my head, I thought it would be Tennessee 1, uh, probably Georgia 2, Ohio State 3. And then I think I kind of leaned TCU 4 and then Clemson 5. I, I thought Tennessee did have the resume 
um, have him have him beaten Alabama to be number one. But two, yeah, I mean, it, this is a proven ground. I mean, this is an opportunity as much for Georgia as it is Tennessee because people have seen um, some of the teams that Georgia has played. You know, I think right now people, and even going off of what the committee said last night, they seem like the most impressive win Georgia has had was Oregon. And you've had people kind of discounting that as far as at least the scoring margin. You know, even Bo Nix has come out and said, I think if we played them again, I think I think Bo might have said he thinks they would win. You know, the the thought I think is that, well, an Oregon team in year one with Dan Lenning would certainly at least play Georgia closer. You know, it's all hypothetical. But, yeah, I mean, this is a chance that Georgia has to take advantage of not only in proving itself against a really good team, but also improving itself without Nolan Smith, I think is one of their better defenders and, and certainly probably their biggest leader on either side of the ball, probably doing it without A.D. Mitchell, who's a guy they've had to play without uh, for the better part of the season, and, and having younger guys step up, you know, as as much of an advantage as it's going to be as far as the crowd and things like that on Saturday. This is going to be the first kind of environment like this that a guy like Malachi Starks has played in and, you know, Dylan Bell on offense. So I think it is a fair point that you've made. Um, and again, going going back to the rankings, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tennessee has done enough to be number one. And then, again, understanding on Saturday, you know, whoever wins um, kind of this week one poll and this week one ranking, it's going to be a moot point by the time they play on Saturday. I appreciate it, man. I hope it's a good game, sir. Yeah, same here. I think it will be. I think uh, however it plays out, it should be an exciting game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
All right, we've got TriStar in here. I'll get them up real quick. All right, TriStar. There we go. See, you got, see Hold on a yeah, I'll let you go. There we go. Finally kicked in. It, my, my headset takes a few seconds. So, how you doing tonight, man? Doing great. Yes. Doing great. How about and you? obviously, if you can't tell by the name in the picture, I'm a Tennessee guy, but I will say this rest in peace, Vince Dooley. Hey, appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. And, man, CBS missed a golden opportunity with their night game selection. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, I mean, but besides that, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, it's that old line of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, the best defense in the country against the best offense in the country, the best defensive play caller against the best offensive play caller. As the old saying goes, something to live. And I think we'll see here tonight. I mean, it, it would – I. it's almost like I don't want to see either team lose. That's how, almost how I feel about it. You know, living here close to the Georgia border, I got a lot of friends that are Georgia fans, and we're kind of in agreement that, for one, the, the East is the dominant division in the SEC this year. I think we can all agree with that. But anyways, though, I'll say this. Uh, how, uh, how do you feel about uh, Georgia's secondary going up against Jalen Hyatt and – Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy and and those elite wide receivers and uh, how how do you feel about being able to get to the quarterback and being able to stop the run? I'm I'm just curious because that's really going to be the big matchup of the night is uh, Georgia's defense against Tennessee's offense. But uh, I'll finish that. I'll let you speak, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean I think you've hit on it and I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier in the in the space. To me, I want to see how these corners play for Georgia. Uh, Keely Ringo. Uh, Kamari Lassiter, seeing how those guys, and even, too, the personnel Georgia runs out there because we know with how quickly Tennessee goes, do they want to play a lot of nickel? I don't really see a situation where they want to play a ton of dime, especially with how well Tennessee likes to run the ball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, the matchup with the corners is going to determine if this thing, one, turns into a shootout, and two, turns into a game that Georgia can take advantage of and, and have a chance at winning. Um, but but two, again, with the secondary being a question and, and being the uh, corner, um, you know, something that I want to watch, seeing the corners play, um, the pass rush, not having Nolan Smith is a huge loss. Oh, absolutely. Got, absolutely. And they have got to have um, some of the younger guys, Michael Williams. We may see a little bit of Marvin Jones Jr., um, another true freshman that uh, backer didn't get to play against Florida, actually was battling the flu. Um, he may have an opportunity. So, um, yeah, they need guys to step up because you lose a guy like Nolan Smith and uh, not only as good of a player as he is, but, I mean, he's a senior. He has played He's a, a leader on that line. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and a leader on really the entire team. And um, you can't replace that kind of production, those kind of in-game reps, um, but they're going to have to find a way. You know, the the mantra for Georgia has been next man up. That's always easier said than done, but they're going to have to find a way to get some kind of production if they're going to affect Hendon Hooker because if, if Hendon has a lot of time, um, he's going to take advantage and he's going to make plays. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And, yeah, like, like you mentioned about the polls, I, I agree. Uh, they should have kept Georgia at least one or two. I mean, so that way it is a true 1v2 matchup. But still, it's not really going to matter. I mean, I, I'll say this, and this might be a little bit of a bold prediction. I think whoever wins this game wins the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance of that. And two, I'm not going to 
not convinced that whoever loses this game is is entirely out of the playoff picture uh, because you know I think back to 2017 when Alabama loses the Iron Bowl and then Auburn and Georgia play in the SEC title game and then you know Georgia wins and Alabama makes it in having not won the the West so um, you know it would take they would yeah. need a lot of help you know teams like Clemson teams like TCU uh, some of those teams kind of. Still in the picture. Falling off a collapse. Exactly. And it, it's not, you know, crazy. I don't think TCU's played Texas yet. And Clemson's got a few difficult opponents coming up. Yeah, they, they got to play uh, Notre Dame. And they're all, they're, what's weird is they're only favored by a few. Yeah, points. and I, I think that game's at Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a, it's at Notre Dame. So that'll be a tough road. Yeah, game. so, I mean, there's an opportunity, I think, for whoever loses this game to still be in the hunt, but uh, I can tell you for sure, if you're undefeated, it definitely makes it a whole lot easier. Oh, oh yeah, and, and, the, and the good thing is, too, is that both teams have a very manageable schedule where they will be heavily favored for the rest of the season. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, Georgia still has a couple tests. I'm having to go to Mississippi State, and, and Mike Leach's offense gave them trouble in 2020. Um, and then this Kentucky team, which, I mean, the way Tennessee took care of them, that obviously was impressive. Um, but you never know, especially if Chris Rodriguez is back healthy. Um, you know, if, if Georgia kind of sleepwalks into that game, it could wind up being a fight. Yeah, who, who knows? I mean, we still got so much time left in the season. I'm just – it kind of makes me think back to the, you know, early 2000s where this game decided the SEC East, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, they uh... – they always uh, were games that I always enjoyed. And, and I'm somebody, I grew up in the northern part of Georgia. Uh, my dad's family's from Tennessee, so I've known Vols fans my entire life. And there were some great games that went, uh, you know, sometimes Georgia would win, sometimes Tennessee would win. There's been oh, yeah. there's been great games in this series. And, and I really do expect whether Georgia wins or whether Tennessee wins, that this will be another one of those really good games. Oh, absolutely. And – and that and that's the thing like uh you know it'll be interesting to see and i'm hoping for tennessee's sake that their secondary that showed up against uh kentucky i'm hoping that they're there again this saturday which i, I you know I, like i said it, it'll just it, it's it's going to be a fun game oh yeah and i'm looking forward to it and uh, i think it will be a fun one to watch no doubt but yeah Shoot. oh man i did not let's see Get TriStar back up here real quick. I thought he was done talking there. Let's see. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, do you have uh, anything else you're gonna say? Oh, I, I oh, I, I thought you was done. <laughs> but uh, anyways, no. I, I was gonna say. Uh, anyways, uh, you have a good night. We'll have a great game. Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, you have a good night. All right, we will get to one more question before we get out of here. We're going to go with Bryce Gordy. Bring them up real quick. All right, Bryce should be all good there. Hey, what's up, man? It's the first time listener. Um, I had a, I had two questions for you. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that this game could end up being like um, there's a small possibility this game could end up being like the Arkansas game from last year. Um, I know that the Arkansas team or the Tennessee team this year is a lot better than Arkansas, in my opinion. But um, the crowd noise in that game was just 
unbearable for the opposing team. So I feel like um, if the crowd really gets into it, you know, starting off, it could end up being one of those games. Um, I know Clay's in Neyland is one of the loudest stadiums in the in the whole league, but I feel like it could could be one of those games. I'm not counting on it, um, but I am fortunate enough to have tickets to go to that game, so I'm 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 really hoping it will. Um, so just what's your people saying? Um, you know that compared to last season uh, to this Tennessee team. I think it's going to be hard. I wouldn't say it's impossible. And the reason I say that it's going to be hard is how good Tennessee has been at starting games hot, scoring points early. Um, I pointed this out on one of the podcasts I did earlier this week. Uh, There was a graphic during that Alabama game uh, that talked about how well Tennessee has done at scoring points, particularly in the first quarter under Josh Heupel. And this is even going back to 2021. Um, they do a very good job of taking advantage of early possessions and scoring and putting up points. And obviously that puts pressure on the opposing team. You know, I think that it's going to be hard. And and for, you know, say we're, you know, fast forwarding and you just hand me the score from this game and and we see Georgia gets a big lead uh, very early in this game. And you say, how did this happen? Well, I would have to imagine it it was a product of turnovers. I think that it had to be a situation where um, they really got after Hendon Hooker and made him make mistakes. Because, again, I I do think this crowd noise is going to affect Tennessee. Um, We'll see to what level. Um, But I I think you're going to be hard-pressed to really hold Tennessee back, especially early in this game, just because they do such a good job on offense. And to me, where Georgia is going to get the upper hand, uh, ultimately I'm going to pick Georgia to win this game, is just I don't trust Tennessee's defense uh, to get quite enough stops. Uh, But I think this offense is going to be able uh, to score points. They've done a very good job, again, of uh, being able to start games hot. And we've seen some of that uh, from – uh, Georgia uh, this year, you know, really the only issues they've ever had has has been with turnovers early in games. Um, so I I would definitely wouldn't bank on it on the Tennessee, you know, falling behind and, and the crowd noise really getting the better of Tennessee um, because they they have just been so good under Heupel as far as scoring early in games. Yeah, and, uh, one last question for you. So um, I don't know if you've heard the the talks about Georgia's um, opponent's overall record being like barely over 500 or maybe just at 500 or whatever. Um, but I, I did I did some looking today, and I was just curious of, of what Tennessee's opponent's overall records have been. And they're, I think that their opponent's records have like five more wins than us overall, over our opponents to theirs. Um, I know they played, you know, Alabama, and that's a tall task for anybody. But I feel like that's like that's the only really cha- like challenging game they played, and it was at home. Um, I know we played Oregon, and it was basically. Um, so I feel like we both haven't really been tested in that way. I mean, they played Pitt and Kentucky, and Kentucky is always just kind of everybody says they're going to be better, and then they're not really good. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on you know has Tennessee really played that much better of a resume than we have, or um, do you think it's just the numbers that people are looking at and not aren't really watching the games? Yeah, I think they're comparable because I don't think that Pitt team is all that good this year. I mean, you know, they were so good last year, and then Pat Narduzzi decided, you know, he didn't like the the kind of offense that Mark Whipple was running, and they've kind of gone back to ground and pound, and it's kind of been ugly this year. And you know, I think Georgia's best win at this point 
is uh, still Oregon. Um, but, you know, I still think that Florida win means something. I think they're pretty comparable. Um, obviously, the, the fact Tennessee has played Alabama, I don't think you could discredit. But I don't think it's, in my opinion, just totally one-sided that Tennessee's resume just blows Georgia's out of the water. I mean, the, the, to me, the really only, only advantage as far as that goes for Tennessee is the fact they've played and, and beaten Alabama. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All righty. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, once again, I want to make sure and encourage all of you, if you are listening to this, if you enjoyed this, to make sure and go subscribe to Dogs247. Uh, if you will look uh, on this Twitter space, there is uh, a reply that's got a link to the uh, 50% off deal we're running right now. You can also go to at Dogs247 here on Twitter. Um, the pinned tweet is to the deal there as well. That deal will run until Monday night, November 7th at 11.59 p.m. Encourage you to take advantage of it. You get all the recruiting scoops, um, all the intel, all the injury updates. There's been a good bit of that this week, obviously, with the news about Nolan Smith. Um, couldn't, uh, you know, really sing the praise of, uh, you know, our guys, uh, Rusty Mansell, Kip Adams, and myself. You know, it's it's uh, 24-7 for a reason because there's always something going on. And you factor in men's basketball starting up on Monday. I'll be doing that as well. Uh, never a dull moment. Um, but it's it's so much fun, and we couldn't do it without uh, the support of, of fans like you guys. And, uh, you know, it's a fun time always in the junkyard and, and on the board. So we're going to close it out there. Appreciate everybody who tuned in and listened. Uh, once again, I'm Jordan Hill. Um, enjoyed this and really excited to see what this game looks like on Saturday. I think it's going to be a real fun one. And uh, uh, shout out to everyone who's going. I uh, hope you guys have a good time and with a, uh, you know, with an opportunity to – Enjoy what will be a really historic matchup, the fact that we got the number one team versus the number three team. So close it out there. Uh, Thanks. And then uh, hopefully we'll get to do another one of these Twitter spaces uh, here real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.